Welcome to the North Sound Church Podcast. For more information about North Sound Church, please visit our website at northsoundchurch.com. It's again such a joy to be here at North Sound uh, to share our friendship and partnership in the Lord. It's always cherished these moments whenever I get an opportunity to come. So this year God has brought me at this season of the time. So let's turn our attention to the Word of God. I want to draw your attention to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. It says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It's such a powerful verse that we see in the letter that Paul writes to the Corinthians. This may be the second letter of the four letters Paul might have written to the Corinthian church. One of the important things that we need to understand as a church, what is our self-awareness as a church as we gather together? And that's one thing that Paul is focusing in his letters and particularly to the Corinthians. What is the dynamic? What are the dynamics that are behind you that you can call yourself as a church? And what are the special values and characteristics that should shape that? Um, In the early church, you know, particularly when you talk about discipleship as a concept, Um, In the gospel, we come to know that discipleship is used for those people who are with the teacher alive and following him in wherever he goes and learns and follow him in the physical presence. But when Jesus died and went into heaven, the, the shift has happened, particularly when John's gospel, his writings, as well as Pauline letters, there is a shift in the, in the way that began to see how discipleship is seen. It is seen now as a fellowship of people who doesn't now have that physical teacher in their midst, but in the absence of the teacher, but still feels the presence of the teacher in their life and they do things under the power of the Holy Spirit. So now as a community, whether it is in India or here in Edmonds, the physical presence of Jesus is not here right now, but it is that power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of Jesus as we come together as body of Christ. And the, what are the values that are significant, uh, that are needed for us to um, maintain this fellowship in the spirit. That's what I want to share with you this morning. But by doing that, to do that, I want to take you to the, uh, to the first century in a narrative, in a story where Paul was uh, writing this letter from Ephesus. And so on, uh, in, in Ephesus, on the day of the Lord, it was at the house of Amintas, a wealthy Christian landowner and a grandson of a freedman. He and his wife, Chrysante, and their daughter, Tafania, and their son, Secundus, they were living near to the street where the Temple of Hardian was uh, located. And as the visitors were arriving, Menes, their slave, today he's a brother, opened the doors and welcomed the people who have come in, and he guided them to the atrium and to the uh, courtyard where columned holes on all three sides. About 20 different people sat on a cushion with different attires. And Amintas and Chrysande were busy welcoming their guest. Their children were very much engaged with their peers. All were oriented towards a few older gentlemen. Amintas held his hand and made eye contact and said, We are thankful to have our honored guest, Apostle Paul, among us. 
He has been such a strength for us for over two years now. Also, we are honored to have Trophimus, one of our own presbyter, after spending several months tending our sister congregation in Lycus Valley. Also, we are honored to have Trifimus, um, uh, Nicanor of Pergamum. And Nicanor said, I bring greetings from Pergamum. And then Amintas recognized the presence of a few other guests. Stephanus from Cancrea, from Corinthian Church. He just arrived after a long journey. Amintas asked Stephanus to have a word. Stephanus said, I bring greetings from your brothers and sisters in Corinth. I am honored to be here. Although I came here for a business purpose, a few of us are here from the household of Chloe. We are so happy that our spiritual father, Apostle Paul, is here. Welcome, Stephanus and others, said Trifimus. I am glad that you can be with us. Now let us pray. After prayer, Trifimus said, Does anyone bring a hymn, a word of instruction, or other gifts from the Spirit this evening? May do so. A few members responded, and then Trophimus invited Paul to share and break the bread. After that, Amintas rose from his cushion and helped Chrysander, his wife, to her feet. They left to the kitchen and returned with a basket of bread, large plates of fish, olives, and cheese. Air of worship gave way to the air of festivity in sharing a common meal. Stephanus rushed to Paul, his spiritual father. Paulos arose and embraced him. Paulo said, how are our dear ones in Corinth? I believe the letter I sent to you, you didn't hurt them so much. Are they settled? Stephanus said, yes, it did help. But we have a few other things to be settled. First Paul, there is a, a great division. There is this danger of tearing the church apart because of division within the church. Paul came near to Stephanus and to listen to him very closely. Tell me more about it, Stephanus. Stephanus said, some are using your name, saying that I belong to Paulus. They said that though you are a Pharisee, you discovered God's grace. You preached the grace of God. It was a wonderful message for both Jews and Gentiles. So many thought that it was liberating. So there are many people on your side, Paul. Paul was so shocked to hear that. And he said, that was not what I thought of them, of being a church. Stephanus continued, there is more, Paulus. Others are saying that, well, Paul is an okay man. We have somebody who was with us for some time. He was really articulate. Apollos was a scholastic, very advanced like our rhetoricians in our Greek ecclesia. Very epidactic, entertaining. He could really tell us the story. He gets the crowd. A good number says that he has a Greek background. He is our leader to follow. But Paulus, others say that I am of Peter, Apostle Peter. They say Petrus, Cephas, one of the original 12. Unlike Paulus and Apollos, he was a fisherman, not like a rabbi, like Paulus or Apollos. We could easily relate to him as a working class guy. Paulus, then there is the fourth group. They are the worst of all. They are so snobbish. They look down on everyone, all, uh, others so low. They say that they belong to Christ, 
and follow a divine leader, not a human one. Paul was shocked and appalled to hear this. He said, Stephanus, this is quite a danger for the church. Have they lost being one body of Christ? This division is taking Jesus, cutting him into pieces and distributing in parts. No, you can't do that, Stephanus. When I was there, what did I do? Was I crucified for you? I didn't baptize anyone except you, Crispus, Gaius, and your family, a few of them. Stephanus, I remember that you are part of that household being baptized near the Sea of Cancria, east of Corinth. This is disturbing. Can you do me a favor? Before you travel to Corinth, please take, me, take a letter to the church I'm about to write. Paul let, um, left Stephanus that night and went to his house. And then early morning, he went to the shop on the way on the Lycan Road, where he shares the shop with Aquila and Priscilla. He was, his heart was so disturbed. His shop was decorated with all kinds of work that they did together. But his mind is not focused he took the pen and the scroll and started writing. He was pondering what made the church to be like this as it was not the way that Jesus has, has brought the church together as body. There are a few things Paul began to think. He said that the pride and prejudice of a Roman, the pride of becoming, pride of being different from others, Paul often marveled at the variety of humanity in Corinth. There were persons of every skin color imaginable, from the darkest Ethiopian to the nearly near lily white northern Gaul, who occasionally showed up in the slave markets. But most bore a hue somewhere between extremes. Dominant skin color was tan or olive. What was interesting all about this was that while one ethnic group or tribe certainly did matter to many, it was not the skin color that served as the basis for pride or prejudice by and large. Anyone from anywhere in the empire could now be a Roman citizen if they meet certain criteria. The pride of being different like a Roman, the Romanness. Paul thought that there are maybe a few in the church that might have brought this idea into the congregation. Well, he thought that maybe another idea, the pride of the givenness of being influential and noble. People like Priscilla, the highest status sister from Roma, and her husband, Aquila from Pontus, or Erastus, who is in charge of the, of the public works, or others, business agents like Nicanor, they were there. But I am not aware of any of such conflicts. Possibly the third thing that came to, came to Paul's mind was the persuasion. The pride of the skill set people carried, particularly in democratic gatherings, uh, persuasion and rhetoric. So these are the thoughts that came to Paul when he was thinking about what might have gone wrong in the Corinthian church. But the Spirit of the Lord put him into the right perspective to talk to the church in Corinthian, Corinth. That's where this passage, 
chapter 1 verse 18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. I just want to pick up three things from this passage, and these words are important. One is perishing, or apolumi, and the second one is logos, and the third one, um, and the yeah, the third one is the is the message of the cross, uh, the power of the power of God, which is the dynamis. So Paul is building on these three important principles that would give an awareness the shape of the church that he wants to see in the in the Lord. The first word is about um, is apolumi or or people are perishing. People are perishing. It's a very strong word that's used in the New Testament. Particularly, Jesus uses this word very, very often. And when it is used with objects, it can mean to be ruined completely. For example, the new wine is put into the old wine skin. It can destroy completely. Apolumi, people's life that are lost or destroyed completely. Or it can mean to bring loss to the, uh, to the owner, like the lost coin of the lady. Or it can mean deprived of a reward. Now you look around our own context and our own circumstances, people around us and even us feels the same, like being lost, being ruined, or bring a loss to our own uh, activities or deprived of various rewards that we expect from people around us. And Paul uh, and John in, in the book of Revelation uses the same word for the destroyer, Apollon, the enemy, the last enemy who, who, who cheats, cheats us and takes away things from us. So in this context, People are perishing should be the major focus of the church as it engages in, in its activities, in its uh, purposes. Whether it is the unreached people groups that we are involved in or the ministries that the church here in Edmonds are engaged with, this is the, one of the foundational principles that should guide and shape the dynamics of the church. The second one is logos, or the message of the cross. It's so interesting that Paul uses the word logos. And this Greek word comes from the Greek literature, particularly from scientific, Greek scientific literature, which where this word is used to explain what is the reason why everything existed. You know, so that is the basic concept, the reason why things are is logos for a Greek person. And they looked at human wisdom. Human wisdom is to find out the reason why things existed, which means that they find patterns of life which has consistency and then reason it out to solve the problems. Many times when we are faced with the world around us, this is the kind Patterns of life that is consistent, which we considered as, you know, strong in our life. But then, 
It's an invitation that Paul is bringing that it is the logos of the cross that should be your reason for your existence. Everything that you have is because of Jesus. That is what Paul is talking to this church. Come on church, let us have this as our foundation. What is this logos of the cross? cross today we had the Lord's Supper and we, we remembered about the death and suffering of Jesus Christ and one of the theological things that we always talk about is that substitutionary or the representative aspect on the cross that Jesus you know died for us substitution means that we have acted there is no reason for others to act because we have acted You know, that means that Jesus has acted and so there is no one else need to act. It means that Jesus has acted on our behalf of the sins that we have done. So we don't have to act again on that. What a liberating thought that God is bringing to us. Think about that as a believer. You know, there is no reason for others to act because you come and stand in their place to act. It's the same way representation act on on behalf of others as to involve others in our actions. You know, these are powerful thoughts that will shape our Christian life as we move together. Think about church, the dynamic of the church which functions on the message of, uh, of the cross. And finally, let me say that the power of God that is transformative. The church is transformative. We have seen, we have hundreds of testimonies I can share from our own context. Um, Recently, some of the vendors that supply uh, things for our campus or uh, building construction equipments, they would say to us, nowadays it's very hard to find laborers on Sundays. And on Christmas days, they take two weeks of leave. We can't understand why they go to the church and not to come for work. You can see the powerful transformative presence of God that is working in the society. So it is an invitation for all of us, again, to display God's glory through our lives so that there is transformative presence in the dark culture that is around us. Let me read these words once again so that the dynamics of North Sound Church will be aligning with these principles. For the message of the cross is foolishness those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Shall we bow our heads in prayer? Father, we are so grateful to you for your word that has come. Father, as your servant, was inspired by your spirit, wrote to the Corinthian church as a key direction to the church in its witness to the people around them. Father, I pray that give us that urgency to the people around us, those who are perishing. Father, we also pray that the message of the cross, the substitutionary nature in which you have placed us as Oh, the Christians in this nation, as well as across the world, I pray that those values will be emulating from our lives. 
Father, we pray that we can't do it by ourselves, but it is by the power of your Holy Spirit, which is transformative, which will make inroads into the darkness that are around us. Thank you for this day. We want to bless you, bless your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.